Johnny Corn, this is by the way, by the way. <laughs> and with us in the studio today, we have Reginald Shorter. What's going on, you guys? What's up, world? They're known as Reggie Shorter. Uh, we have producer Dave. Oh, yeah. What's up? What's up? And with us in studio is Charlie Walker. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. Thank yes. you so much. I want to thank all my fans. Thank you. Now, before we get started, that song was Lex Lexicon. Uh, that was the artist that did that song. So if you want to check it out, uh, that's who you who she is. Okay, so Reggie, if they want to catch you and what you're doing, what's your websites and everything? You catch me on Reggie Shorter online. You catch me at uh, shorterthanyou.com. 
uh, IG, short, uh, Reggie Shorter, and also on my Twitter, my other handle, just put in t- Reggie Shorter, my YouTube channel and all that good stuff, and see what I'm up to. And mine is johnnycorn.net. Uh, so, Charlie, what, what sites do you have? What's a Charlie? If you go to Google and type in what's a Charlie, we'll bring up my website, what's a Charlie.com, my Instagram, what's a Charlie, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Christian Mingle. It's all what's a Charlie. Christian <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And uh, producer Dave. Oh, yeah. People can find us all, all over the place. Uh, Echoplex Media on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. We have a new Twitter account. Uh, that's interesting. And uh, people can find me on Twitter. There's a contact page on our website, echoplexmedia.com. Everything's there, basically. So, Charlie, welcome. Welcome to Campbell. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've been a few times. I like Campbell. Campbell's pretty cool. Yes. Now, uh, you've been here for, what, about six months or so, but you're originally Mm -hmm. from Kentucky. I am. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. And you uh, are... You've been doing comedy a very long time. You've been doing it mm-hmm. since you were 18. I have. Uh, on and off, um, you know, things happen. Family, getting married, having a kid, going to school, dropping out of school. You know, things happen. So I have been on and off with comedy for uh, quite a long, long time. Yeah, I started when I was 18. Now, before, uh, I started also at 18. Nice. And uh, I don't know what the what the laws are in Kentucky or the other various states, but in California, I could not be in the building. I could go inside, perform stand up, but then I'd have to go back outside. I wasn't allowed to actually be there. And so there's a lot of times where I was just by myself waiting <laughs> right. to go in. Is that the same over there? So interesting enough, there is a comedy club in Louisville, Kentucky at the time was called the Comedy Caravan, which is weird because I hear out here in San Jose, don't you guys have we a have caravan, caravan out here? Caravan, yes. that is so strange. Wow. Um, but yeah, first time was at a club. They do serve alcohol at the club, so they had to kind of give me the uh, permanent marker X. You know, oh, okay. so I couldn't drink, but I was allowed in the venue. Yeah, but okay, so that had that to be is different. Okay, yeah. I, I was yeah. I was wondering about that, and it was like the first thing I wanted to ask you. Yes, and before I forget, I want people to know that you can actually catch his comedy set as a separate track on. Uh, the by the way extra it's uh his performance at grapes of laugh which was uh about a month ago mm-hmm. and you have to check it out because you sing about me i do i do i have a song for johnny corn um i don't want to give up too much but because uh, you have to listen to it yeah yeah it's uh something just to express my feelings toward johnny yeah <laughs> awesome <laughs> now um so you're, you've been out here for six months ish, mm-hmm. uh, give or take. And before that, you were out of uh, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and you were um, a regional comedian out in that area. In fact, uh, I've seen, gosh, you've done several states uh, out there, mm-hmm. like something like ten states. I'll say ten states or something like that. Yeah, yeah, very close to a lot of the Midwest, a little further down south, Florida, Arkansas, um, back here through California, Arizona. Nice. Vegas. I have a question for you. What's your, what's your favorite area to be at as far as like uh, comedy and performing goes? Uh, that is a great question. So for me, and it's just because I get the best crowd response, is so far Ohio. There are these little like 500 population cities in Ohio that just, they don't have, you know, all the little downtown city movie theaters the and, whole city will be there huh? yeah there's no walmart there it. you know they're that small so everyone comes out and they think you're just the hottest thing they've ever seen you know live yes. entertainment 
drives really big in those small towns like from out of town yeah i noticed yeah. like like as a dj if i go play like not a small town but if i go play boise yeah and mm-hmm. it says like and it says i'm from san francisco same thing yeah yeah or if you're just from any big city and you go to a smaller city the people are inclined to think you're the shit absolutely very true very you know, true I, that i ran across that when i was in los banos mm-hmm. uh people came from the surrounding communities and i mean the audience really loves mm-hmm. you I, I and this it's a weird feeling it's kind of like right the warmth uh the now, new energy it's the new energy thing you yeah, know? yeah 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 so uh i know that audiences are different well show to show obviously mm-hmm. but also region to region um, right so now that you've been out in california for a little while mm-hmm. uh how how different are we out here from what you're Honestly, not not that much different. Uh, the thing is, you always get a tough room. I mean, all of us have had mm-hmm. tough rooms at True. some point or another. You think, you know, this is going to go great. I know my material. I have it down. And you do it, and it doesn't go over as big. And then you have a show maybe two hours later or the next night, and it crushes. That that It's that kind of thing, I think, going state to state. Some of your stuff is going to kill and you'll you feel great about it. You'll want to come back, but you could come back to the same venue, or you could be at a different venue and not do as well, and then kind of be like, maybe it's the demographic, maybe it's the people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a show to show basis as opposed to just the demographic. I feel good as far as you know in my material and what I do, but I think it's just a show to show basis kind of thing. The crowd that you cater to. Well, that, and you really kill every time i've had you on thank you thank uh, you super funny thank well, you thank yeah. you reggie you know when you started doing comedy um when, did the music come first or the comedy or how did that happen so my early influences it was all uh my dad gets a hundred percent of the credit he was a truck driver um former military decided to go into truck driving after and listen to the bob and tom show which is huge in the midwest it's here it, it a lot of people don't even know what it is to be honest but it's a comedy um comedy show morning comedy show right. pretty much they get traveling comics on there all the time they get big big names on that show and it is like a local thing so for us it's like if you make this local show you're the next big thing like this mm. is the next step you need to take right so him listening to that uh cheech and chong uh dr hook and the medicine show he's a big stoner guy mm-hmm. that's where i get it from that's reggie over here with me <laughs> um but like it's it's all those early influences through comedy and music because cheech and chong stuff if you listen to they also did like sketches and yep. stuff on their comedy right, albums right. i thought that was brilliant i love the concept of not being there but feeling like you're there right love right. the storytelling aspect so yeah a lot of uh, the music came after uh i got comfortable on stage after i was okay. able to you know hold my timing and do some jokes and get some laughs and then i tried to experiment with the music and then that kind of took on to be a completely different monster. Well, the reason why I ask that is because uh, early, early, early in mm-hmm. my career, I f- fancy myself the next Weird Al Yankovic. And so I wrote a bunch of parodies. Huge influence of uh, mine as well. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would do music on stage early on, mm-hmm. uh, which I abandoned. Well, that was when I was Psycho Cow. And then right. I totally abandoned that uh, later to go in a more sophisticated direction. 
But yeah, you're yeah. but you're sophisticated at the same time. I'm not. I'm from Kentucky. I do dumb no. redneck comedy. It's okay, Johnny. No, no, I love your. No, here's the thing. I love your comedy, and I just feel bad that I only gave you like five minutes on stage the first time I met you. But oh, that, no. But my shows are so timed that I just really couldn't. And um, so when you do a longer set, like you're able to just let it breathe. Right. And you're going to be headlining over at uh, the my new winery show uh, that's Thank coming you. February first right? of What's next that? year. The first time you guys are out, you guys you, you, you did this that when you guys were driving, you guys drove out here. Yeah, yeah, we toured. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I was with I the uh, okay. guy that had the stutter. Nina G was at yes, that show as yes, well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I love Nina. Yeah, she Nina's has a, great. Uh, book, the book coming out and everything. Uh, yeah. Stutterer interrupted. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just found that to be uh, very just. I'm glad that you guys were there, um, and I, I'm surprised at how many people I've actually met this year. Uh, it, I, Me too. I, I feel like I've known you longer than I have. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Yeah. I think I think that comes with comedy, though. I yeah. think we all kind of vibe off of each other as comedians, especially like this group. This these are the types of comics I like to hang out with. Hell yes, you know. So with uh, you, you talked about Cheech and Chong. Oh yeah. Uh, what, what other comedy influences do you have? Uh, or music influences. Yeah, way. yeah. I mean, music. I'm the kind of guy that I can literally listen to anything and find something about it I like. I love. Uh, actually, I love a lot of the Oakland rap, like Too Short and things from back way yeah. long time ago. Right, uh, Shorty right. the Pimp. Oh do you yeah. Know, that's like one of the best yeah, Too Short albums. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Um, but then I can go the complete other way and go. Uh, I really like Brad Paisley, and I really like you know Toby Keith, and I really like Garth Brooks. I I can listen to country, I can listen to hip hop, I can listen to classical opera, uh, dance, you know, EDM, anything. I can yes. listen to it and find something about it I like. So I'm influenced by music heavily, just through all outlets. But what about grunge metal? You like grunge metal? I don't know that one. I don't know. Is this a genre? Or are you saying know, this is specific? I, I, so one of my friends told me about it at work. I just want to throw it out there. David, you know, grunge metal is like a... Oh, grunge metal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely familiar with grunge metal. Yeah. Have you been listening to it, Reggie? No, I have a friend of mine that plays it sometime over here, and I'm just like, damn, dude, that sounds like some violent shit. Going on. <laughs> you know, well, like, you know, they there's like metal subgenres, like pirate metal, like where they dress up like pirates and sing about treasure and sunken ships we have some of that it's good <laughs> it's it's interesting it, but i can find something about music that i like but uh, uh comedian wise influence early on cosby i, I feel weird saying that now but i mean you got to hey, respect but he was you yeah, do for the body of work yes for the body of work <laughs> yeah. yeah he's a piece of shit but right yeah um otherwise uh bill cosby was one because my father again um Rodney Carrington, he is a singer-songwriter. He does a lot of the funny songs that really influenced the direction I took. Steve Martin, early oh, on yes. Oh, yes, classic. Uh, Dave Chappelle, still in my mind, the greatest comic to ever grace the stage. Uh, I think about his uh, Killing Him Softly 99 DC special all the time. Like <laughs> That is my go-to. When I talk about comedy, I'm like, have you seen this? That's my go-to. Uh, Mitch Hedberg. There's there's so many. I mean, there's so many that influence. Those are probably some of the major ones. For, for me, I remember listening to uh, The Button Down Mind of Bob Newhart. My dad had that album and The Button mm-hmm. Down Mind Returns. Mm-hmm. Mom's Mabley and uh, Bill Cosby. And I whispered that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we have some of the same influences. The only thing musically I will say mm-hmm. that I don't like, I don't like autotune. It's being overused. 
I feel like, yeah, but if there's certain T-Pain songs that come on, and I'm like, I'm ready to oh, yeah. party and take oh, my yeah. clothes Bartender off. Or yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's but, heavy out to him, but he can actually sing, too. He could actually sing and rap, too, though, but you're yeah. right, though. The first comedian that goes out there with, like, an auto-tune thing, I'm like, what in the hell? <laughs> Yeah, we, we too have, short with it. Yeah. I mean, have auto-tuned comedians. I was about that, to say, is that a thing God. right yeah, now? Because <laughs> that would be crazy. That'd be all right sorts there. of wrong. <laughs> you know? He looks like a robot out there. Like, what is? <laughs> so, what with your relocation <laughs> uh, to, out out here? You you mm-hmm. actually relocated because your wife got a job. If I remember, yeah. I wish I could say I'm one of those comics that the hustle was the only thing i live for and i'm doing this because xyz listen man i i got bills just like everybody else i have a son i have a wife i have a family you know like um she works for apple in cupertino it was one of those things that was a pipe dream for her for so long the opportunity came she applied and she got it Uh, shout out to apple yeah shout out to apple for making my dreams come true um, but yeah, I was, I was primarily just doing, you know, Midwest tours. Uh, I was doing some comedy festivals and, uh, pretty much any show I could. I've done everything from VFWs to bars to birthdays to high school reunions. Um, I've done everything. So I take anything I you can get. the get. hustle, ladies and gentlemen. That's the best part That's of the hustle. That's the hustle part. That's the hustle. But I didn't hustle my way to California. I uh, fell into a <laughs> well, very good circumstance. But you know what? I think it might be a very good thing because you're known uh, in the Midwest and yeah. South, and now you're going to be known in California. And Hell so, yes. That's see, the dream. If, if anyone gets, for me, if anyone is east of the Rocky Mountains, they have no idea who I am. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is, right? It's like mm-hmm. um, I I can pull in a crowd. California, Oregon, Nevada, but right. you get me east. Nobody knows who I am. So in that way, I think it, it might be a very good move for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I agree with you out here uh, on this coast, the West coast. No one knows who I am. I have very few contacts, but a lot of it's either come from you. It's a or, good thing though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Place agree. Late. So yeah. the cool thing about it is I've been writing jokes all this time. I have tons of material by now. I could probably do a 45 by now nice. uh, of solid I what I believe to be my solid material. Um, but the cool thing is you guys don't know those jokes. Right. I've been, you know, traveling around these same little loops for so long. And now I'm coming onto a place where I can do all this for the first time to new ears. So it's kind of opening up this brand new, you know, which I think is way awesome. of comedy for me. I, oh, I love yeah. it. I it's love like, it. it's like a musician, you know, it's like a musician that has music, you know, that no one's have not, no one has heard before. And then finally they're bringing it out to the people. So I think this is going to be a great thing. Yeah, I do. Now, I I basically am all about love and helping the other comedians out and all that. Um, so I try to help people if I can. Um, and so I hope that uh, people... I, I'm going to ask this question because it popped into my head just now. Mm-hmm. Um, and how different is are the comedians here versus elsewhere so this is a trick question for one main reason when you're in the same comedy scene for so long you know all the little dark secrets and corners and everything ecosystem yes Yes. Yes. so our and i've heard through comics i've spoke through to other regions our uh comedy scene in louisville kentucky was becoming this very uh like <laughs> this group, this group, this uh, group, you know, like no clicks one clicks and stuff. Clicks, clicky. Mm-hmm. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So it it became for me something that I had lost faith in my local scene, which is why I started to travel more in the first place. Right. right. I didn't I didn't necessarily feel 
uh, kicked out of my local scene, but I didn't really feel like it was a family thing, you know? Sounds yeah. familiar, huh, Johnny? Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. You don't know this, but um, every once in a while, a hater group will pop up on uh, usually Facebook right. about me. See, so there it is. <laughs> so I'm like, whenever that happens, I'm like, oh yay! See, and that's the thing though. Out here, I haven't seen any of that. I've just gotten you know good reception and open arms, Which and is that's beautiful. yeah, Stay that's positive. how it should be in every scene. The thing is, we all want the same thing out of this. We do this for our own reasons, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's because we love doing comedy. Why can't we just instead support each other? It doesn't exactly. matter if I'm not Tell on your truth, show bro. or it doesn't matter if I'm not having this opportunity. I might be bitter. I might be jealous, but you are doing it. You're doing it your way. I'm happy for you in that sense. And everyone yes. should support each other. I completely and utterly agree. And I always try to be as supportive as possible to other comedians. Be proud of one another, you guys. Be proud of one another. Or if not, keep your two cents in your pocket. There you, you know go. Man? Well, yes. Th the other thing is, and I sincerely feel this way, that um, if... You see me on stage, and you're you see me killing it, knocking them dead, and all that stuff. Instead of hating on me, up your game. That's all. Just, that's another thing. Be yeah. inspired by each other. Yeah. I think that's a big, big thing. Yeah. Competition. Yeah, it's I, I see competition. Some, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I I've performed at the improv, but I've I saw the act before me, and I was going like, oh, dang. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so then I, I was like, okay, I just have to up my game. Yeah, and so I use that as motivation, and it that that's a good comedian or a good artist of any kind. Yeah, artists in general, I think, just being inspired by each other and supporting each other. The music scene is very similar too. There's mm -hmm. a lot of clicky groups and things like that. People don't like you or they love you. You know, it's mm -hmm. I, I get we're all on the grind, but man, it would be so nice to have that support system constant from everyone. You know. Um, you need a machine behind you, you guys. You, know, yeah. you need help from each other. Driving you know? force. We yeah, could all you know. succeed together. We could all do this. It doesn't have to be one or two and everyone else is mad. Like Adam Sandler has this group. And there you, you go. Know, see? Like and he brought them all up with him. You've seen yeah. the same guys in the same movies Will, for 30 Will years. Is how he has his click. And yes. Do yeah. it. Now, it, it is true, though, that there will be, you know, you just get friends. Like if, if you become friends with someone, then yeah, that's a click, I guess. Big difference. But, Big but difference different, from the, different from a click. Yeah, let's band just, together because we hate this guy. Kind of right, 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 right. That's what I hate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard what's uh, said about me and I, I, I get amused very easily by it because you know what? That's every a good thing, man. Well, no, every yeah. moment they're thinking about me, they're not thinking about themselves. Yes. Yeah. It just lets you know you're succeeding in some form or fashion. If you have someone that hates you because you're succeeding, you're doing all right. It's like a, it's like a diss track in music. You know, it's like that person that person took that much time and effort to research you and to get all this information about you to put a beat behind it. That's a, I keep telling them, man. That's a good thing, man. You know, that's a long time and a lot of lot of stuff to do. That that's that's love. Now, it's a lot of effort. Yeah, a backward ass love. You know, tough love. Yeah. So <laughs> since you've been out here for um, about six months, um, mm -hmm. how far in California have gotten or West Coast? Uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I've done. I've had the chance to do three shows in Los Angeles so far. So that's about a six hour, I think, from here. Uh, Car run, mm -hmm. depending on traffic. Yeah, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I uh, have a contact uh, that lives in uh, California. That that's the scar. I don't know if you guys see on my wrist here. I have this gnarly little scar on both sides. Oh, I see that. Yeah. Looks like I'm like real excited about the My Chemical Romance reunion, but <laughs> it's from the the first. I'll tell you guys this story real quick. The first uh, show that I did in California, I stayed with a friend in North Hollywood. We all got out, went out and got really drunk. Next morning, I wake up. I'm trying to be quiet. And I realized as I'm going out, his cat got out. 
So I'm thinking in my head, oh crap, I gotta, I gotta get this cat back and be as quiet as possible. I grab the cat to pick it up. It starts clawing and oh, biting. Shit. I'm bleeding all over the place. I somehow grab the cat, trap him in the bathroom. At this point, I can't be quiet, so I kick open his bedroom door and I'm like, look man, I got your cat. He got out, but I got him back. He's in your bathroom. I'm bleeding. I'm sorry. And he said, I don't have a cat. <laughs> and that's a true story. Yeah, yeah, I picked up a stray oh, cat. Oh, just a, a, yeah, a, from the streets uh, of fair. North Hollywood oh, and the room in my friend's bathroom, and I have a scar to prove it. You know, I do wonder <laughs> since that cat's. Yeah. 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 Ah, yeah. Damn. It looks like, like it hurts from, too, you guys. You oh, guys it can't see it. It's like it hurt like hell. He's a soldier right now. It hurts. But so, uh, Los Angeles is, yeah, I think the it, furthest. Well, it, that cat's from West Hollywood probably has an agent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Inspired to be in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't like being typecast as a feline. It's, just, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah, uh, that cat sounds like he, uh, he or she is a member of the FLF, uh, the uh, Feline Liberation Front. It does. Say, yeah. It probably has a stack. It probably has a known. sag card. Yeah, sag. yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> just so um, when you've gosh, you've done comedy for quite a while. You've gotten been down to Los Angeles, so you've seen that mm -hmm. ecosystem. Yes, and yeah. that's quite different than the ecosystem here. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm not saying this because I'm taking sides. I'm just being honest with you. The few times I've been in L.A., I've seen a couple that are like, okay, yeah, this is next level stuff. Yeah. But I will say there is such a range of new to that in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I've been on a show with, you know, this person, this next comic's a writer for Comedy Central. Kills it. And then this next person uh, has been doing open mics for about three weeks. Give it up for them, you know? Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. I love that, actually. Mm -hmm. I love that. If you can sell out a show and you have that kind of variety in the show, you're doing something right because yep. it is hard to bring people in to see these new guys, especially, but to keep constantly packing shows. Mm -hmm. If you're filling a room and you have a show that diverse, something, something good's going on. Now, for those that don't know, there's an actual app for Los Angeles shows. Yeah. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, that's how many shows they have. They have an actual app where you can go like, oh, okay, where's the open mic? We have 4,000 of these. Okay. He's not, and he's not joking, you guys. We actually seen this app. It was like literally open mics from, what was it? One o'clock that afternoon to oh. like one the next day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Some some of them yeah. like two in the morning. Shit. Well, yeah, even then yeah. the comedy store runs to like two or three. Days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's just crazy to me. You better know somebody in the kind of comedy store. You better know somebody. Or it's going to be a long way. Yes. <laughs> now up here in Northern California, um, San Francisco's comedy community, you're actually hitting it right as it's changing because the uh, a lot of the older comedians. Well, um, when I say that. The comedians have been doing it for a while. They're a lot of them are getting priced out, and so they're like, "Screw it! If it's this expensive here, I'm just going to move to LA." Yeah, and so a lot of them have done that or moved to like Sacramento mm -hmm. or elsewhere in the universe. Makes sense. And I mean, it is very expensive. San Francisco prices it, the Bay is insane. Yeah, I and for the I mean, I will say this: I love the weather. I grew up in Campbell, yeah. um, so and so we're not as, nearly as expensive as San Francisco, but. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. We, the price we pay for one house here, we could probably buy two of them out there in the Midwest or out there in down south or three guys. Or three. I, I think we bought our house for around seventy thousand dollars. Really, in Kentucky or Indiana? Really, it's a house. A, yeah, two two bedroom, bath, backyard, fenced in basement, brick house. 
for seventy thousand compared to here. That's a closet out here, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can't. You know, your down payments like two hundred thousand or Shit, something like don't. that here. You know, it's it's yeah. ridiculous. It's but, insane. Uh, so when you're you've been out here for for a little bit, um, the San Francisco audiences are are a little bit different than they are down here. I agree. I think uh, different and uh, Oakland different. Oakland is definitely different. Um, I've done a lot of shows in Oakland here lately, and I found that to be a thing. I, I I don't know if this is true, but this is just through the little bit of time. Have you found that Oakland is younger in audiences? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, yes. yes. Okay, definitely, yeah. Yes. I've every show I've been to, it seems like it's like a younger, which honestly makes me excited. A lot of the the shows that I do throughout the Midwest, it's the older demographic mm-hmm. coming out to see these shows. So it gives me faith when I see that because I'm like, hey, people are still into live comedy. Yes. People are still coming out. You love I, that, I, man. I love that. I find myself like, uh, if it's a young audience versus an older audience, my routine changes. So oh, yeah. I, I, I just Absolutely. I look at the age of the audience before I even go up there. And, mm-hmm. and if it's an older audience, because I'm 50, I'll sell nostalgia. I mean, I'll just start start talking about like, hey, guys, do you remember when there was a beautiful console TV mm-hmm. that was made out of real wood? And didn't work, so you had a smaller TV on top of it. You know, stuff like that, which younger generation younger, would yeah. have no idea. Tape player, they'd be like, tape player, yeah. Yeah. indestructible. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when they said CDs would never, you know, will never break. That was the uh, um, selling point, is that unlike records, these will never wear out. Yes, they do. They oh, should yeah. make them like the bottom of the PS1. Remember the PS1 uh, bottom of those games? Oh, yeah. You could scratch the shit out of those, dude, and that game will still come on. The, like, like black film. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes, dude. If they made CDs with those, man, I, man, I wouldn't have to remake them. So getting back to your uh, family for a minute, just mm-hmm. because I want to kind of maybe explore that background a little bit. Sure. Uh, your What branch of the military was your dad in? Army. Okay. My dad was uh, Coast Guard. Oh, nice. And my brother is a Coast Guard. He's retiring in June, but nice. Coast Guard. Uh, okay. I, and I do have family that was Army as well. Nice. Um, so, okay. Awesome. And your mom uh, did uh, foster uh, parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, probably toward toward the end of my time really uh, living at home, um, she was, the kids were grown and out of the house. I have a brother and a sister. So, she really has this huge heart where she constantly feels like she needs to help people. And she, it's more so with children. So she got into foster parenting uh, and still is to this day. I have three foster sisters, um, all under five, very young. Um, so it's something that growing up in that uh, kind of as I was out the door, you know, but I'd still visit. It's opened me up to some other uh, thoughts and views on um, really just parenting and children and people in general. I find that really commendable. Yeah, I do it's, too. it's very it's. Uh, I will say this is not something everyone can do. How my mom does it, I will never understand. Um, but it's you have to be a special kind of person. Uh, and, you know, the kids she takes in, they're not just um, up for adoption. They're abuse victims. Their parents were substance abusers. Like, these right. are kids that have went through some stuff that we hope we never have to go through as adults. So and uh, big salute for that too. I mean, yeah. I mean, people that people that help out children like and 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 raise people like take them from the situations to make them better. It, it's hard work, you know. It's hard work because you're actually teaching, you actually trying to, and then seeing growth in, within those kids. So definitely props for that. So about uh, eight years ago, um, a friend of mine uh, passed away. Actually, a friend of my wife and my 
And we ended up inheriting uh, two boys at that time. Um, and so now their father's alive and, and very much involved. So it's really the three of us kind of as a unit helping raise these kids. And that's great too. And so, uh, that's I realized good. that was eight years now. <laughs> it's time flies. But I remember at the beginning, uh, particularly the older one, very angry. Yeah. Very angry. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I mean, mom dies when he's 10, right? So it's yeah. like, when we see that, um, you know, one of the girls that she has, has gotten a lot better over time. Uh, one of them didn't speak at all. Just wouldn't no communication old enough to speak just doesn't speak um and another one just constant outbursts you know screaming acting up yeah. hitting other kids things like that and you know it's just a, a product of their environment mm -hmm. like they it's not like they're doing it on purpose you know to <laughs> cause attention they're doing it because that's how they're dealing with their feelings and the, it, the, it takes being around that's yeah. right yeah yeah and you know once you have something someone that's loving and nurturing and it sounds like your mom definitely is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's that helps. It takes a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, but um, yeah, and you have to have a lot of patience. Yes. Um, yes. But but then they turn out to be just really good people eventually. Yeah. You know, like it it just but it takes yeah it's it's a there's no thing. dollar for that you know what I'm I, there's no dollar oh, for teaching no. And, and raising like that there's no dollar for that you know yeah and it, you know it's, it's like the world needs a lot of uh, good. Uh, and it sounds like your mom is. Well, she, it's one of those things that she's making her mark right now. So that's huge because we all strive to, you know, make our mark or make mm -hmm. our legacy. She's doing it right now. And I don't think she thinks about it that way, but it's very true. Well, and, and the thing is, I'm, I, I, I'm, as a person, um, well, I've always been like this. So I can't really say it's because of my age, but uh, I, I always wanted to make the world a better place than I found it. Like, and if everybody did that, think about the amount of power that that would be. Very true. You know, it's like it's every person individually can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that I've done my soapbox, <laughs> I was that was true though. That's that's true stuff though. You know, yeah, it is. It's good positivity, man. So yeah. you have uh, siblings. What? What? Mm -hmm. Where in the lineup are you? Uh, I'm the middle child. You're the middle child. I'm okay. the middle child. Yep. And Reg, I think you're the youngest, aren't you? I'm the youngest. I'm the, the tattletale. baby. Yeah, <laughs> the I, tattletale. I have uh, three older sisters. And then uh, myself and my brother. So my my brother's younger than me, but not by much. And uh, there, and growing up with three older sisters, you know what that meant? Oh yeah, yeah. You're pretty smooth, then, man. You can be pretty smooth with the ladies. I mean, you know. Well, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. No, I, I hand me downs. Uh, that's see. Yeah, yeah. I Glitter mean, jeans and oh man, the tassels, unicorn yeah. hoodies. Oh, oh what? Well, yes. All of that happened, and and I inherited a a, a bicycle. Oh, okay. I went through my sisters, and by the time it got to me, it was pretty worn out, but it was purple. Had a banana seat and tassels. Nice. Uh, and it's like my parents really wanted me to get beaten up. That's <laughs> make you tough. Yes. Woo. Character builder. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and where are they in the universe? Your siblings? Uh, they are. Where are they in the universe? You mean as far as what are they doing? Uh, what? What? Sure. What, what are they doing? And honestly, they? they are living like the uh, what I would call to be the typical Midwest life. You know, just working, uh, have kids, and you know, no, no big, uh, big projects or goals. It's just taking care of their family and living their life to you know that. the best yeah. that they can. Yeah. Now, my the kind of the family business for for my family was uh, education. My father was a university professor. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom was a registered nurse. So that, but all three of my sisters were teachers. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and I say work is two of them are retired now. Um, you know, it tells you, I mean, they're older than me. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but also my cousin's a teacher. Um, so anyway, that's one of the reasons I wanted, just wanted to see if, if there's a family business with you guys. No, um, you know, with honestly, with my, my brother and sister, they're just, it's kind of <laughs> haven't really found what they want to be when they grow up yet, which I don't know either. I have no right, idea. Right. We're still living. Well, yeah, we're, we're still living. I think that's a, the, our family common theme. We have no idea what we want to be when we grow up. And, and I don't want to grow up. That's so, true. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Once you grow up, it's all <laughs> over. Yeah. I don't want to live to work, you know, and stuff like that. There you go. You there know, you go. Look stressed out on the weekends. You know, I don't want to do that. So what has been your favorite venue um, in California so far? Well, Grapes of Laugh, obviously. <laughs> what do you mean? What, what kind of question <laughs> is that? That was a trap question, Reggie. You tried to get me. Tried to get me. <laughs> No, uh, honestly, I've I've had a good experience for the venues that I've been at. I haven't done a whole lot in California still, um, but it's been through Grapes of Laugh. Uh, what is it? Uh, Rockridge Improvement Club oh, yes. with Erie Diamond. Mm-hmm. I've done that. That was that was a yeah, great I, little room. Nice. I love Erie. Yeah. Erie and I are uh, like we're tight. Loved it. Um, Comedy Oakland with Ira Summer. I have. Oh, you've uh, already done that. Yeah, yeah. I have one coming up this month in December luck, as well. Man. Yeah. Thank you. That's a gauntlet. Good luck. It is. It is. And there's uh, some good competition. Nice crowds. So that's a fun room as well. Um, I can't really think of the names of the other ones I've done so far. Oh, uh, Frascati's Open Mic. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah, a yeah, nice, yeah. nice environment. That was something that I love to see because it seemed like. There were a lot of people there when you go, and it almost seems like one of those shows where they kind of sprung it at the last minute. They're like, hey, there's a comedy show nobody knows. <laughs> but that's not the case. They actually have those people there to see the comedy, which yep. is true of Grapes of Laugh as well. Last time I was there, Johnny asked the crowd the question, mm-hmm. who here is surprised by comedy? No one. Everyone yeah. knew why they were there. I love to see that uh, at alt venues especially. Love to see that. Well, it's one of those things where if it's a quality producer... Uh, then he worries about bringing the crowd in. Yeah, um, and not not to say that but the you should. comedians you should. should the comedians definitely should promote it. You know, it's, it, I, they're on that show, right? I always find it interesting. I did just did a show in uh, Stockton, and um, someone came up to me afterward and was uh, surprised that I had uh, people that actually showed up. And I'm like, why wouldn't I? <laughs> You know, right. <laughs> right, but but it really should be the um, producers that uh, that really promote it and get it out there, and comedians really should help. And of course, I, you had a case of the coughs there, so that's why I keep talking. Yeah, sorry, coughing fit, guys. Okay, but um, this cold. Yes, yes. Okay, you guys okay? Yes. Awesome. Okay, now now that we're back, uh, Reggie, we have some questions. Yes. As far as as far as your biggest transition out here, will you say, mm-hmm. will it safe to say that you're embraced more by like the older demographic or the younger de- demographic, or do you feel that you're just overall funny and you could just <laughs> you can just adjust? I like to think that I'm overall funny and can adjust. Okay. But being honest, I found that the more experienced comics, the ones that have been around a little bit longer, have been more welcoming. Um, and I think that's just because of the uncertainty of when you're a younger up and coming guy, you don't really know like what click you want to be a part of or mm-hmm. who you should talk to or sure, what sure, you true. should say. You know, you get a lot of the, Hey man, uh, you got a good presence up there. 
you know, when you're mm-hmm. a newer guy. It's it's a little right. bit harder when you're newer, so I can understand that. But um, yeah, it's been <laughs> Johnny Corn, Nina G, Mean Dave, uh, Ira Summer, Jason Cole, um, Frankie Marcos. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- these are all people that I've met out here that have been nothing but hospitable. That's too. Oh man, Stud. yeah, that Frankie Marcos. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> No, it's it's just cool because Frank yourself. <laughs> <laughs> funny guy, funny guy. All all these people that I've named, you know, they're all in my mind very professional, uh, very friendly, very welcoming, and uh, have taken taken a liking to my comedy in some form or fashion. So I really appreciate that hospitality. Now, have you met uh, Tony Sparks yet? Uh, no, I don't think so. Or Danny Detchy. Uh, Danny runs uh, San Francisco, right? The Nick of the Woods. woods. Nick, yeah. yeah, Nick of the Woods. So I had uh, signed up to do that show, but unfortunately, I was back in Kentucky, so I couldn't do it. Um, but I do plan to do his show soon. I've I've heard good things about Danny as well. Yeah, Danny's one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my entire life. Hey, well, yeah. And I've known him, and I've known uh, Tony Sparks uh, for decades. I I mm-hmm. just I honestly don't know how long i've known them it's but we go way 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 back right now something i don't know if you know this or not but neck of the woods next door to it was where the zoo was which had uh people I did like, not yeah so the zoo had uh robin williams had Whoopi goldberg it had uh you know kevin pollock i mean like a lot of um comedians came out of that big names yeah but unfortunately i mean it closed down many many years ago i was in comedy when it existed so i'm glad that i got to experience it but yeah it, it's completely gone but yeah neck of the woods nice. is next door nice yeah that's uh definitely a show i want to try to do here soon with danny uh, i look forward to meeting him and tony sparks right is that what you yeah, said tony sparks uh tony sparks is known as the godfather of comedy yeah. in san francisco he's kind of like he's been around so long that and pretty well known and so everybody um i mean he hosts a lot of shows so if you haven't met him incredible um well, j- j- use my name. Just say like. Oh yeah, hey, I, I appreciate that. Jenny Corn said to reach out to you, and because um, I mean, he, he and I are tight. In fact, Good. the hippie persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny Corn used to be completely separate from how I am. Uh, he used to be a bit arrogant and uh, you know, like a bit full of himself, right? More of a character. More of a character. And so Tony uh, came up to me and he said, "Johnny, you know." If you just do the lovable hippie, uh, which is what you actually are, uh, I think people love it. And so he is the one that suggested the change. I took the change, and there you go. If it's not a specific shtick, like Pee Wee Herman or something like that, <laughs> Gallagher, you know, there's there's no reason to be anyone who you're not on stage. If you don't love yourself as a person, no one else is going to. Agreed. And people like to see who you really are on stage because it's interesting. It's genuine. Yeah, people and see I think through the, the genuine, fake stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the genuineness is is something that uh, took me a long time to figure out, but like. Once and I, I credit him for that. Yeah. Once you go genuine, things start happening for you. It's great advice. You know, and so always be one hundred. <laughs> I I think people should be one hundred in life. Anyway, like people get too hung up on like trying to be something th- that you think other people want uh, you to be. Yeah, it, I agree. Be what you are, man. Be what you wake up and wash your face and become. If you're that person that you got to act like and be something else every day, you're going to have a short damn career in this damn stuff. That's for real. Yes. Well, comedy has its own ecosystem where um, it it kind of 
and I, and it's probably true everywhere. It kind of um, roots out the weak. So yes. <laughs> so like. Yeah. Well, you have to be a little crazy to do comedy in the first place. <laughs> yeah, we put out. ourselves through a lot to do oh, this. I, and, and so your process, when you write uh, the music, mm -hmm. uh, and, and do, you, do you do lyrics first, or do you, how do you do that? Or Usu Usually I do lyrics first. Sometimes I'll have like a hook that I come up with when I'm playing, and I'm like, ooh, I really like that. So I'll kind of write down the, the sheet music for the hook. But then I'll do all the writing up to the hook, and then make the hook match up with the nice. melody of the you you know the um the lyrics match up with the melody of the hook. Right. So try to program it that way. But typically, I write lyrics before I do the music because music I feel like is the easy part to me. If with the technology we have and everything, you can mm -hmm. kind of say, okay, I want an eight beat or I want a sixteen beat to this, and I want this musical instrument to come in here. You can pre-program all of that just to see what it sounds like so if i have a basic knowledge of chords therefore i can once i bang it out on piano i'm like yeah that's what i want to do that part to me is easy the hard part is coming up with uh the lyrics now if you are just tuning in right now i'm talking to uh charlie walker uh now Yo. if people want to find out where to find your information where in the universe uh do they type in Go to Google, type What's A Charlie, my uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Christian Mingle, Black Planet, Pornhub, everything comes up if you type What's A Charlie on Google. And for me, it's uh, johnnycorn.net and all my social media, is, uh, there's a link to all of it there as well as videos and everything else, and read, in, including commercials I've been in, uh, <laughs> and and a, one really bad movie. And uh, Reggie, where, in fact, you were in that I same think movie I, with I, was me. Say, I think I shared that movie with you. I died in the beginning. Yeah, um, you can read yeah, Reggie Shorter. <laughs> you meet Reggie Shorter, uh, Reggie Shorter, Shorter Than You dot com or Reggie Shorter, and you can find me at, on my Twitter, Facebook, IG. YouTube, all that good stuff, and uh, definitely uh, check up and see what we're all doing. Hopefully, we'll be we'll be doing something together soon. Now, I will point out that uh, Charlie is um, going to have well, we're going to have a separate track uh, from your performance over at Grapes of Laugh, and that's going to be on Echoplex, available wherever you get your, well, where where you're listening to this, you yes. can listen to that, right? It's going to be released as a separate track. I do strongly encourage people to listen to it and. They're going to just crack up. It was fantastic. Thank you. You Super did funny. great. Oh yeah, my did. god. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and you it's did, it's one thank of those you, things where uh, you you just you bring the funny, and that that's and you're you're unlike other comedians in that you're a musical comedian. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and the only other one I can think of that's like that uh, is Phil Johnson. Um, who I don't know if you've met yet. I have not. No, I, I would love to meet him. It's always something cool to meet another musical comedian. Mm -hmm. He was actually on a previous podcast. Um, from, you know, he was my very first guest nice. on our very first podcast. And um, yeah, we got to play a Phil Johnson song when the show ends, just so you can get kind of an idea. For sure. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, I, I like it when you can mix genres. So, And that's one of the reasons why I so greatly admire you. Thank you. You well, see, and that goes that goes both ways. Um, I, obviously, I admire your work as well. But another way that it goes is there are comics out there that uh, hate it. <laughs> I'll say it gently, but they uh, they prefer the typical stand up. So, and that's fine. I don't think there's any one way to make somebody laugh through my comedy. I, I do. Agree. I do whatever I can 
to make the crowd enjoy the experience. Well, and the thing know. is, people are totally into the songs, particularly like the, you. You, I think sa- so. You sang a song about me in that, and uh, everybody was pretty much like, "Okay, yes, this is." Uh, and we're not going to reveal because hey, you have to niche, listen man. to the. Uh, if it's your niche, you do it, man. Be the best, man. No, I, I, I think because you, you know, basically, you have to be good at two things. You have to be able to carry a note. Yeah, that okay. helps. Yeah, he has to sing. And you have to be funny. So you have the timing aspect of it, too. Absolutely. So I, I find it to be um, actually more talent to do, because you're really doing two things at the same time. And, you know, and so the people that do one thing at a time, like just regular stand-up, right. like myself, uh, I can't really complain and i don't think other people should either because it's like i I can't do what you do there's well there's beauty i think in every form of comedy any way Mm -hmm. that you can make a person laugh is fantastic uh steve martin was one of the guys i mentioned um he has an act called the great flydini um i don't know if you guys are aware of it but it's essentially he's houdini he doesn't talk throughout the whole thing they call it flydini because everything comes out of the fly of his pants <laughs> so eggs a telephone a glass of water like it's a whole routine he literally does not talk through the whole thing and i think it's five to ten minutes long yes hilarious one of the funniest most timeless comedy bits the thing that, that kills me with him is that he doesn't really do comedy anymore no uh, and and i kind of am kind of sad about that because he was so good at amazing I mean, he's a, amazing writer too yeah, a great yes. writer, great director, great uh, actor, but I kind of miss the comedy. I heard uh, the reasoning behind that on the documentary. I can't remember which one I was watching, but essentially he had a show that was so grand at toward the time he quit. He was like the hottest stand-up comedian. Yes. When the white suit. Down. Oh man, he was hot before he left. Um, he said there was this bit where a guitar was supposed to come down on wires the first night that they missed the cue. So it didn't come down and he's like, all right, guys, you know, just next night, let's get it because this is part of my routine. I practiced it this way. So timing wise, it has to come down when it's supposed to come down mm-hmm. next night. Same thing. Oh, wow. And now he's starting to get a little irritated. Third night, same thing. And oh. he says he goes on a rampage throwing stuff and everything. And he's <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. Wow. That was enough for him to say. I He understood comedy in a way that uh, I want to get to. He understood it in the joke writing process. They're going to laugh regardless right here. This timing bit. So I'm sure Damn. the guitar had something to do with that as well. But Pissed him off. He was, he was so big and making so much money doing it. And he already had the movies that were starting to come in. Why would you continue to, you know... You're wanting to put on this huge production show, and no doubt in my mind, it was probably somewhere here in California mm-hmm. or you know Vegas. Right, it right. was it was a big, high quality show, and you're just telling these guys this simple thing like, "Hey, let's do this, let's do this," and it's constantly ignored. You got to think, man, why am I doing this? Now? I agree. Yeah. I agree. How mad? How mad are you then? I have that guitar come down on time two and three times in oh, night, it, you'd be it, pissed. It, it in a be, professional show i mean if it's a big part of your act and you're you no doubt he sold out the place you know what yes. i mean like well and and that's just the venue i've had some <laughs> some venues where uh they've had sound system issues oh yeah and, a lot yeah oh that does irritate me i i in fact i did one show uh not too terribly long ago where every time i'd hit a punch the mic would drop out and, and so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I hate the wireless mics. Yeah. I just do. Yeah, they don't work. I'm a fan but of the wire feedback as well. and stuff. There's nothing yeah. worse than you're, you're, you're right there in that joke and the punchline and everything. All of a sudden it, it's out. It's like, 
do I relive this joke and say it again, or do I come back and hopefully I could tie it back in to make it make sense, or you know, a like, good uh, exercise to stay on your feet there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with comedy. Well, and that's just always the thing. be ready. It's yeah. all about timing. Yeah. And and that's what a lot of people don't realize is that it's not, you're not just up there telling knock knock jokes. It, it's like well, some comedians do, uh, but <laughs> it, it, it's about timing. It's for me also. I do gestures where I just um, like I have a pregnant pause sometimes where I just kind of let it let it breathe and just do a gesture or whatever, and then go on to the next joke. And um, so it's body language as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's timing is huge. Timing yeah. is like my Everything. best friend. Yes, it's just one of those things. If you know that punch is going to go, let it marinate. Yep, let it stick with them for yeah. a bit. And I've I've been writing some, uh, and it's really uh, one of those things where I don't know if you find this, but um, sometimes you have a joke and it doesn't really relate to anything else that you do. It, it's just it, it's a good joke a random the, thought it's a random thought mm-hmm. it's yeah. funny you put it down but there's nowhere to put it in a routine what i do I, I put that to the side and just keep it and then if i find some tie-in material later on i'm ah that's where i tie it in yeah yeah i definitely uh especially when i'm throwing it out at first that's exactly what i do i, I find typically i like to open with my what i believe to be my second funniest joke and i like to close with my funniest joke mm-hmm. to me first and last impression is what the crowd's taking home with them more than anything else. Yep. So I usually that new joke, I'll sprinkle it right before I do my big closer just right. to kind of give a little to see if it works. And by that point, you've been laughing with me this whole time. Hopefully, you know, we get up to the 20, 30 minute mark and it's like, I need to close this out. All right, let me sprinkle this new joke in. And if it gets a good reception there, I go, okay, it has, it has legs. If it gets a right. huge pop there, I'm like, Hey, it worked out and then go on to the closer. So either way, you're the hero. Well, you know, something that, 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 yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's and really smart. What I've done sometimes is in the routine, if it doesn't tie into anything, I just say it and then I go like, this isn't going anywhere, but I just random thought. Yeah. My ADHD getting, or make or, up something. Or even worse, it's just funny to just you. Like you'll say something to yourself and crack <laughs> you up and you'll say it to like everybody else. Like, why the hell this is not funny to anybody else? And then you'll finally find that crowd and you'll finally throw it out there again. It's like, See, I knew this shit you was funny. You switch up know? the like, words. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you're just, and you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah, it's, oh, it's I've been working on that joke for eight months. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just a matter of phrasing. Yes. Like like the words, like replacing one word with another that means the same thing, but yeah. it works better. Yeah. Uh, what Judge I'll do it. is when yep. I'm hosting mm-hmm. a show, I will, in between comedians, I will do it as a short bit because I, I'm not in the middle of a routine. Sure. And if it gets some laughs or the reaction, I'm like, okay. I've found too that once you get those jokes like those newer jokes the fun thing to do is once you have it and it's ready and you know it's ready putting it into your act and transitioning into that material even if it's something that you you know it's off beat with what you're going with like you're talking about marriage and now you're talking about palm trees and you're like how do I tie this in Mm -hmm. that transition part for me is one of my favorite parts of writing Yeah, transitioning from one subject to another and then once I start building that joke I'm like oh man I could tie this in like this or this is a callback to this. That yes. whole process is the beauty. I do like callbacks love, when I do my long sport. set. Yes. Yep. When I do my long set, uh, the beginning and end tie in together. It's just yeah. that, that I callback. don't usually yep. have time to do that because I'm usually doing, you know, 10 minutes somewhere. Yes. And, you know, not 30. You know, it's like it, it gets a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, There's challenges that come along with it, but I think that's 
probably the most fun aspect is well, yeah, it overcoming is. those challenges and getting good at them, you know, like crowd work and stuff. You do well, it so long. I, like, I yes. love crowd work. Yeah. Crowd I, work in fact, fun. I don't like it's it. It's the best when, exercise I think in comedy. Yeah, well, I, I don't like it when the, the light is so bright, you can't see the audience because I like to interact with the audience. Uh, I'm very much one to be very nice to them. I, I don't, if they're coming to my show, I'm not going to insult them. Yeah. See, it's one of those things. I have like specific material for that now because it's happened so many times. Right. So I'll say like, who's celebrating a birthday? If I'm hosting, obviously, mm -hmm. who's celebrating a birthday? And you hear woo out of the corner. You're like, ah, these lights are kind of bright, but you look good from here. Right. You know, like, right, right, right. why not play with it? Why not play with my surroundings? Well, and you know, I, I'm all about write what you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's important. Yeah. Yeah. And see, it's funny because we're getting into weeds a little bit about um, how comedy is, uh, you know, like the science behind it. Um, and I think it's kind of good for people to hear this because a lot of people probably don't even realize the the work that goes into it. And uh, so I think people grind. find it interesting. Um, hopefully. Yeah. It's a lot of work. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I love it. I mean, I, I there's nothing better than the rush of the stage, uh, of being on stage, I should say. You nailed it. You actually did a really good set. Around people that have no idea who you are, you know? Yes. That's uh, the best part. Yeah, yes. Never dying, taking that chance every time you're up there, living and dying, just, ah. Uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I did a all-African-American uh, lineup. I was the only uh, Caucasian person in the building. I want and, to make a good point about this too, Richie. Yeah. I got a question here. here yeah. Go ahead. So uh, with audiences like that, you know that you need to win them over. Uh, and so the very first thing I did is I, I'm the only white comedian in the entire lineup. I go up there and I'm like, no, your eyes are not deceiving you. There is a middle-aged white hippie on the stage. <laughs> right. And See, I've found, and I'm glad you brought this up because Reggie, I want to talk to you about this too. I mm -hmm. love seeing different perspectives of this, but I think this is to be true because this is what I've heard for the most part. Uh -huh. If I go in front of an all black crowd i love doing it I, i'm sure you do johnny based on i love that yes. for me i feel like that is like my idea crowd because yes. they expect they're like this silly ass white boy is about but the thing is the pressure shifts if reggie goes up in front of an all black crowd i almost think they expect more from yes. reggie and that's very true very and i've true. heard this from several african-american comics that say man it's easy for you white guys because they already expect this image of you they want us to get up there and be the funniest thing they've ever seen in their life. It's like because you got to be. It's like being the next. It's kind of like being the, the white guy on the basketball court. You better be damn good. You know. You better exactly. Be damn good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And and there's nothing greater than like you've done a show like that, and then uh, you people come up to you afterward and talk about like. Love that. No, you did good, man. You did good. I mean, I mean, while well, it some, takes a while, it's pretty grimy motherfuckers in there, and you, you did good, man. You, you were good too. Yeah. Richie headlined that show, and uh, they threw oh, me. I, and I know exactly why, why they threw me on first. I well, feel like it definitely more pressure on Reggie in those kind of situations. I feel like that's where it goes. Yes. I really do. I really do. Uh, but, but those are some of the best shows. I did a show in a, uh, uh, we had one in a barbershop, uh, African-American barbershop. If you've never been, I have you not. need to go at least once. <laughs> the conversations, the people, <laughs> the, there's a reason they made a barbershop movie. There's a reason Eddie Murphy put that scene in Coming to America. Mm -hmm. Like, some of the best material you've ever heard in your life. Some of the best jokes I've heard. <laughs> yes, it's honestly. It, well, it's one of those things where um, the, exp the people forget this, but the United States is not just one culture. It's several cultures and sometimes yes. cultures within cultures. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like me being California, I'm very much California. 
Uh, but my and my dad, uh, well, he moved to uh, from Omaha to Oakland, right? And mm-hmm. when he was a child, and so I'm so he has some of the um, culturally very Midwestern in some ways, and very California in some ways is kind of a weird mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I mean, then you have the South, and you have also um, we have people that I'm not proud of in the South, um, and ways of living and thinking that are just ignorance. You know, you, I agree. If you don't understand something, you're scared by it. That's that's ignorance. That's what that is. Um, but that's like with me just now talking about that the barbershop experience I had and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love the the blending of cultures and races because I'm so curious. I want to learn more. Anytime I meet somewhere, someone from a country I've never been to, I want to know everything about their life. Mm-hmm, I want right. to know everything. Well, I, I I am so hungry to meet you know different people from different backgrounds and. It you makes know, you a better country. Country, which Oh, way, it's just awesome. That's the way people should be. You know, it's like if the more the more you know about another person or another situation, the less you the less judgmental you'll be. You well, know, you have an idea more or less like, okay, well that's the reason why that's like that, not oh, I don't know what the fuck it is, so I'm gonna make I'm gonna create a you know, a perception or a stereotype about it. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And and of course, New York is quite different. Uh, the mm-hmm. whole Northeast uh, is quite different. Who's cold out there? It, it, so that, <laughs> that's why we're called the the United States, right? Because we're we're different from each other, but we're all the same. Yes. You know, we're all anyway. But um, now, if you're just joining us, we're talking to uh, Charlie Walker. Charlie Walker, that's me. And where can people find your? I am on everything at What's a Charlie. You can go to google.com, type What's a Charlie, What's a Charlie.com will come up, my IMDPB page, sorry. Uh, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Funny or Die, everything, just What's a Charlie. And Reg. And you can find me also at Reggie Shorter. You can come uh, shorter than you.com. Uh, Reggie Shorter, Facebook, IG, Twitter, uh, anything. <laughs> just put your name. Just put Reggie Short in there. I'll come up and definitely have some new uh, stuff coming up for you. And so, yeah. Reg, do you have uh, um, more questions? Yes, my one of my questions is: you're de- okay, you're making the transition from here from the Midwest to California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's safe to say that. What are your favorites? What are your favorite things to do since you've been out here? Weed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, and there it is. <laughs> so no, it's honestly uh, that experience uh, with uh, you know cannabis out here is much different from back home, uh, where it's still illegal. You know, and obviously I'm I'm a friend to it. I think the medicinal benefits are there. Uh, so it's something that's legal here, and uh, it's it's easy to find. It's essentially like beer. It works the same way in the sense that. Uh, you don't want to be drunk on the street, but if you want to go home and smash a case, you you have the right to yeah. do so. And I, I, I am very much 420 friendly, uh, as pretty much everybody around me knows. Uh, Reggie works at a pot distillery. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Kaliva. You know, thank you guys so much for keeping me uh, in there, keeping me in the system. Um, anybody like wants drinks or edibles or anything like that, you know, CBD is real big as far as like for people with aches and pains and stuff right now. We got new, another line we're dropping. I'll come See, by there. The, the thing that I find interesting about pot is that, um, one, there's so many names for it, uh, number one. Number two um, is that I am really proud in, in some ways that we're actually doing that people actually are open to using it to help heal yeah. certain conditions and such. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so what, what was the, um, 
Do you have any preconceived notions about uh, California before you came out here that just wasn't the case? Yeah, um, honestly, we all have it, especially being from the Midwest, we have it in our heads that uh, California is the the place. You have to go either New York or California if you're going to do comedy. I think that's still true to this day. Chicago, Atlanta, there are other cities that have huge comedy scenes, but if you really want to make the best, biggest impression. What about Ohio? Not so much. Look, I love Ohio. I know Eddie Murphy's from out there. I Kevin do love Hard Ohio. And, and yeah, Chappelle. Chappelle. Chappelle's from Ohio. Um, I think talent comes from all different places. I mean, Indiana, we have Larry Bird, Michael Jackson, you know, yes. there's, there's talent, you know, regardless, but I think for right now, the scene alone and the opportunities, uh, especially if you want to make a next step, if you want to transition into something, uh, bigger, like a game show host or, you know, a, a reality TV star, a model, you're going to go to one of those two places. So our preconceived notion of California is grandeur, bougie, you know, mm-hmm. just like, different class of people and it's a slower lifestyle and and some of that's true it is i found uh my transition out here to be i do live a slower uh lifestyle now and it is different uh you know the quality of life i think i'm and trying some time yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and so don't have to shovel snow the two hours the two hours yes a couple hours right yeah, exactly yeah yeah i mean i i still have my ice scraper in my car right oh, now shit. that was a thing you have to go out in the morning and if you don't have a garage you know scrape your windshield i i, I, I would say this when when i was a child um we'd get like very very uh frozen over windshields yep. um in the middle of the winter yeah it doesn't happen anymore but no. it, it did when i was a kid california kids don't know shit about no frozen lakes you guys <laughs> no. they don't know about frozen lake you're not breaking it out doing a hockey game we have nothing okay yeah. so about that. this is true um i have um i, I was in minneapolis um and i was visiting um you know some family that lives out there and they took us out uh, ice fishing, which I had never been. And it, to me, just the thought of uh, it being so cold that a, a lake freezes over, and then you drill a hole through ice. Ice fishing. Yeah. I mean, that to me is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And not, they, not they, where I want to be. They tease me for, for um, you know, being a wimp. And, and a black people like, out no, there. I, I absolutely am. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm from California. Yes. I will visit Minneapolis during the summer uh. next time. Uh, it, I, I was, I've been to Minneapolis exactly one time in the winter. The rest of the time, not so much. I mean, I was in Pennsylvania one time. It was six degrees, y'all. Six yeah. degrees. But then you take into the windshield factor. Oh, yeah. It it feels like negative Ooh. temperatures. Yeah. There's been uh, days where, you know, it's so cold that the wind blows and it, it feels like a uh, burning fire almost, you know, yeah, I can so imagine dry, that. wet, cold and just. Ugh. But see, so now now you don't have to worry about that. That's true. That, yes. is, that is a huge benefit. Just I do earthquake. appreciate that. Earthquake. Yeah. That oh. hasn't been bad. That's kind of been like a little shock. Like, oh, what was that? Yeah. That's it, well, it. See, earthquakes, I don't mind because, well, I it's almost nobody gets hurt. Uh, right let's phrase it that way but in 1989 uh we had the big earthquake here and i remember we didn't have electricity or phones or anything uh, right and so we really were isolated we didn't know what was going on and down the street this guy had this giant suburban and uh took this little uh tv set mm-hmm. uh, a portable one put it up on top and then all of us kind of gathered around that's when we found out uh what was actually happening is that when the, is that when the freeway went on one that smashed that car yeah. 
Yeah, they have and that the, thing at the, the uh, at the Pier Thirty Nine to that actual car, yeah. and that actual things like squashed over the top yeah. of it. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where uh, the, all of us kind of came together. There's a, a sense of hey, we're all in this together, and and we kind of united uh, over the earthquake, and and so if it's a big one, I have no doubt that we'll help each other out. Yeah, uh, so we'll become an island. Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, relief efforts for the fires and stuff too. Yeah, no, and those, my brother was yeah. evacuated. Yeah, yeah. And, and toward Napa Valley, right? Yeah, yeah, he lives yeah. up in uh, Sonoma County. Yeah, so if you just but you don't live around none of that stuff, so you'll be okay. Yes. Well, he he keeps having his power cut. You know, I, I think the biggest weakness in California right now is PG&E, but um, other than that, you know, we're we're going to end the prices of stuff. But other than that, so Reggie. Any any other uh, questions that you have for for our guest? Yes, I do. Um, as far as <clears throat> I know, we just talked about like doing uh, different uh, different shows in front of different nationalities and stuff like that. Though, mm-hmm. what would you say as far as is the hardest the hardest nationality to crack up? <laughs> uh, you know, I found that with. Uh the culture is like the main thing. So if I meet someone, um, let's say from Spain, mm-hmm. there's going to be some jokes that I say that just don't make sense at all. Yeah. You know, it's just because it's either something that is not relatable or it's something that their culture doesn't think it's funny. Like we think it's funny. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Those, those I think are the biggest challenges. I, I don't really say that, race necessarily makes a factor of the culture right but the culture i think is what does uh but race i mean if you don't have anything that's obviously racist or brutally offensive or political i don't do any of those i do lighthearted. you know i have clean material i have some dirtier stuff but it's all you understand it's a comedy show like Mm -hmm. there's nothing that i do that is um shock and all there's nothing yeah. i do that would make someone feel less about themselves I, I think sometimes people do the shock value just for the to have the shock value and not necessarily because it's funny yeah i do i do honestly because i used to work at a uh, i used to work at a lamp store and i had like a asian you know i had an asian guy a black guy you know an indian guy and it always shocked me how i would say that same joke to all three of them and it would always be a different that's know? true i didn't think about it and, in that and, terms, and it yeah. would always land different and i'm like well, you think that's funny because, you know, you're hard on your kids. You know, you think that's funny because that's another thing or, you know, so indifference like that. Yeah. Because, you know, some people, it's just, they get, you know, make you feel like you would hang it up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where um, I I do better with better educated uh, crowds because my stuff's more intellectual. But, yeah, uh, and I refuse to really dumb any, anything down. Um, just because that, that's not me and I don't it's, it wouldn't be fair right. to the people that actually do follow me that actually like my material uh, or like me as a person like you'll yeah. kill with my 11 year old see he did, my, my 11 year old doesn't think I'm funny but I think you you'll kill with him but my well, boy me he like that. I don't hear shit you gotta say you know what I'm well, saying well when like, I do children's games, stuff I, um, I have a completely different routine than for the adults so I mean yeah and the corporate stuff is different too but uh, so if you want to check out before we go, uh, I want one more round. Um, so Reggie, uh, what, where can we find you? What's up, you guys? My name is Reggie Shorter. I'm out here in Campbell uh, with my good friend Johnny, Charlie, and David. You can find me at uh, reggieshorter.com or Reggie Shorter, shorter than you, and that's also on Twitter, Facebook, IG, and also I have some stuff uh, on this card with this guy. And okay, yeah. so Charlie. Uh, what's a Charlie and what's a Charlie on everything Instagram Snapchat Instagram I already said that um, I have a website what's a Charlie.com 
Um, if you go to Google, type What's the Charlie, you will find me. Go to Google, Comedian Charlie Walker, same deal. And he does have shows coming up uh, all the time, and I definitely encourage you guys to... Fucking uh, hilarious, you guys. Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and you can check out that track, which we'll have separately as... Uh, it's, and, and you really have to check it out. You're, I, I, you're going to crack up. That's all I got to say. I'm Johnny Corn. My website is johnnycorn.net. All of my social media stuff is there if you want to check it out, as well as clips and some other things. And producer Dave. Uh, yeah, uh, I, we do Echoplex Media here. Uh, we stream on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Sometimes we also push it to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Echoplex Media. And just go to our website, echoplexmedia.com. Find all the stuff. Give us money on Patreon. Fucking subscribe to our Twitch channel. I don't know. I, I, totally suggested i agree now, with that i thought all my uh, friends to subscribe 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 also support really local important, comedy also really important join our discord because that's where the hive mind hangs out that's where that's where. now um because uh charlie has not found or does, has not heard um phil johnson i think we'll close this out with the phil johnson song and i'll leave it up to you what we do uh have a great tomorrow one. everybody what do you have one up i got the one this uh, is dodged a bullet by phil johnson and the awesome. rest have a great tomorrow Little baby, you were brought here through a miracle And a broken condom I didn't know sperm carried knives And somehow You got by the IUD The diaphragm, the spermicide And a morning after pill But if daddy hadn't been so drunk and mommy hadn't run out of batteries If daddy pulled out on time Instead of thinking about Angelina Jolie Then baby you wouldn't be here You'd have been wiped up with a towel between your buns will you be a great man who brings peace to all the land or the type of guy that lures kids into a big white cargo van since you're pretty scary I'm really glad that you're not mine and I guess I'm pretty happy that your mommy cheated on me this time so go ahead and be just as evil as you wanna be Hell yes, I dodged that bullet and I'm free